today.
right where you are. If you could just lift your hands and begin to cry, holy, holy, holy. Come on, could you worship this holy God? How long has it been since you didn't ask for anything, but you just cried, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Oh, we praise you. We worship you. Lord, you're holy. Lord, you're holy. Jesus, we praise you. You're worthy. Holy God. Holy God. Holy God. Holy God. Well, we praise you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. What a great God. My God, my God, we praise you today. We thank you, Jesus. Worthy to be praised. Glory to God. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Oh, we praise you today. Oh, what a wonderful presence of the Lord in this house today. Thank you, Jesus. 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 I hope you know that the Lord loves you today. If you can remember that, it can and believe that. And it can change a lot of things in your life. 
It can give you hope where there is no hope. It can give you comfort when it feels like there is none. If you can just remember that this God of all creation loves you more than anything. I want to preach for a little bit today, but it won't be long, but I do want to preach to you today. And I feel like the message is going right along with what was said in the war room and then this next tongues and interpretation we just had. I want to read one, one verse of scripture. The Lord gave me this scripture in prayer the other night on Monday night. Just this one. And I've just been kind of chewing on it all week. Second Peter 3 and 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. As some men count slackness. But is long suffering to us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. I want to preach for a few minutes on this thought. God's not done with you. That's a promise. Could you lift your hands and pray for the message? Pray for me. God, give me words for our people today. Precious Lord, we thank you for your presence that has been here all day. And we thank you for how you have moved and blessed and touched like only you can. And Lord, now we receive this word of God by faith. Lord, that it might change us and transform our lives and encourage us to be what you have called us to be. And Lord, we're going to praise you for it. We're going to give you honor for it. And we ask it all. In Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. Would you give the Lord a hand clap of praise? Hallelujah. Give him a shout. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. God's not done with you. That's a promise. Lately, I feel, I've seen, and through pastoring and counseling and ministering that there are many people, I, look, it's, it's no question about there's people that are lost in this world that don't even know God. And that's our mission. But it is also no secret in this day and hour that the saints of God are under constant spiritual attack. Attacks on their minds, on their hearts, their emotions, on their bodies even. And over the last month or so, the Lord has spoken through messages in through preaching of the word, not just mine, but other young men that have preached in these, this pulpit that God is trying to remind his people that there's help and there's hope and that we don't give up and we don't surrender and we don't back down. In Psalm chapter 3, David is, has a very inspiring psalm of confidence. He said, Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. And then he said, pause and consider that for a moment. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory, and the lifter up of my head. I cried unto the Lord with my voice. He heard me out of his holy hill. Pause and consider that. 
I laid me down and slept. I waked for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people that have set themselves against me round about. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for thou hast smitten all my enemies upon the cheekbone. Thou hast broken the teeth of the ungodly. Salvation belongeth unto the Lord. Thy blessing is upon thy people. Pause and consider that. The thing is, is we want to believe this psalm. And we want to live out this psalm of confidence in our life. But the reality for a lot of us right now is that we are stuck in verse 1 and 2. Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which say of my soul there is no help for him in God. And we are stuck on that pause And are considering walking away, giving up, considering what we should do with our walk with God. He said, many there be that say there's no help. But it may not just be many people saying that. Sometimes it's many situations. It's many bills. Come on, somebody. Many discouraging reports is the many ailments I have in my body. It's the many mistakes that I've made. And often it's many, the many times that you have looked in the mirror and said it to and of yourself, there is no help for me and God. Then he says, but thou, O Lord... Let me tell you, if it had not been for the Lord. David has another psalm. Psalm 124 says, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side. Now may Israel say, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side when men rose up against us, then they had swallowed us up quick when their wrath was kindled against us. Then the waters had overwhelmed us. The stream had gone over our soul. Then the proud waters had gone over our soul. Blessed be the Lord who has not given us as a prey to their teeth. Our soul is escaped as a bird out of the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken. We are escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Let me tell you the idea that we will ever get out of trouble or destruction on our own is a fool's belief. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side. Let me tell you, you need God to fight the enemies without. And you need God to fight the enemies within. Because many times it ain't nobody else saying, hey, you're a failure. It's just you. You've got people all around you building you up, lifting you up, trying to pull you out of the miry clay. But you can't get past the mistakes you've made and the messes that have happened. You can't get past the the bad things that are going on in your life. And you are the one saying there is just no help or no answer or no escape for me in God. And that would be true if there was no God. If we did not have a Savior, then we could all say there is no hope for me and there is no help for me. But thou, O Lord, are the lifter up of my head. Come on, somebody. 
I know that it gets tough, and it it gets tough on the outside, but sometimes it gets tough on the inside. But the same God that will deliver you from the roaring lion is the same God that will deliver you from the voices in your head. Right now, today, come on, somebody. It's time to put the enemy, even if it's your own self, under your feet and say, I've got a God. Let me tell you, if I didn't have God, I'd give up. If I didn't have God, I'd walk away. If I didn't have God, I might not be here. But thou, oh Lord. Hey, there's many things trying to hold me down. There's many things speaking negative into my life. But you, oh God, you're the lifter up of my head. Let me tell you something. God's not done with you, and that's a promise. He steps in and he delivers. He steps in and he sets free. He steps in and he opens doors or he closes them. He'll break shackles. He'll part the Red Sea. He'll shut the mouth of the lion. He'll cool the flame of the fire. Come on, somebody, and he'll keep you from the bite of the serpent. I'm telling you today, he'll take care of you when that poison gets inside of you. We always talk about, and if they drink any deadly things, sometimes we're drinking the, the Kool-Aid of our own demise. We're drinking, oh, we, we've mixed it up and we poison ourselves. I can't do nothing right. I'm just a failure. I'll never be anything. I'll never add up to nothing. I'll never get it right. I'll never quit falling. I'll never quit making that mistake. And I would agree with you 100% if there wasn't a God. If there wasn't a God who already knew you're going to do that, but he loves you anyway. If there wasn't a God who knows every place you've been, but he is reaching for you anyway. If there wasn't blood that could wash away all sin, if there wasn't blood that could make our garments whiter than snow, I would agree with you. If there was not a prince of peace, if there was not a God of all comfort, I would agree with you. If we didn't serve the king of kings and the Lord of lords, I would agree with you. If I wasn't talking about the one who created the heaven and the earth, I would agree with you. But I'm telling you, that the presence of trouble does not mean the absence of God. And when you're going through the middle of it, you better know that the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and his ears are out listening for their cries. He sees you and he sees you in the dark time and he sees you when you're weeping. He sees you when you're about to give up. God is right there with you. He sees when you struggle. He sees when you've been lied on. He sees when your heart's broken. He sees when you're done wrong. He sees when you're betrayed. He sees when the enemy's out to the, hang you up out to dry. He sees you. God is on your side. I could agree with you that God was done, but that's not God. Because God is love. And the Bible says love covereth a multitude of sins. Let me tell you today, I don't care what you've done. And I don't care who you are. And I don't care how bad you think it is. There is a God ready to deliver you from the enemy. There is a God ready to get you out of that horrible pit, out of that miry clay. There is a God that's ready to set your feet up on a solid rock and establish your goings. God don't want you to always struggle. He don't want you to always be fighting. He wants to put you on a solid path. 
If you didn't have a God, I'd agree with you. That failure and destruction and loss and death. Because it's all real. And I know that it rains on the just. Just like it does the unjust. And if it had not been the Lord, then they had swallowed us up. But I got a God. You didn't tell your neighbor, you got a God. Then the waters had overwhelmed us. The proud waters gone over our soul. We're like prey to their teeth. But he said, our soul has escaped. I'm telling you, just because you're going through something doesn't mean that you don't mean nothing to God. If it wasn't for him, we could all be done and over and finished and separated. But we have a God. And every single lost sinner in this world needs to know this Savior. But every saint of God needs to know him too. Oh, come on. It's like we forgot who he was after we left the altar. After that precious blood was applied when we were baptized in his name and after he filled us with the Holy Ghost, it's like we got up and forgot who he is and what he does. He just made you a new creature. He's not going to leave you to be destroyed. He's not going to forget about you. He's not a one-time, I'll clean you up and then forget you kind of God. He's invested too much in you. He, he paid such a high price to get you. He's put his spirit within you. He's not going to give up on you. God is not done with you yet. That's a promise. I don't care how busted and broken you feel. God's not done. I don't care how out of sync you feel with the world right now or how out of sync you feel with church right now. God's not done with you. You might think, I've been, I've been totaled. That word don't apply in God's kingdom. Brother Mike knows about totaled cars. Somebody can wreck and that, that car... We're not even going to take a chance on it. It's, it's total. And it ends up being pushed into a little square block and recycled and it's gone. But there's not a such thing as a total saint. You ain't never broke so bad that God can't fix it. Come on. She said it in the, the tongues and interpretation. You ain't never got so far away that God can't reach you. You ain't never got somewhere that God can't love you or that he'll ever, you ain't done something so bad he'll stop loving you. Let me tell you about God today. He's not done with you. But you don't know what I've done. Don't care. God's not done with you. You don't care how I messed up, Pastor. Don't care. Don't tell me. I'd rather not know. Because God already knows and he ain't done with you or you wouldn't be sitting in here today. You wouldn't be in this house where his glory is coming down. If he was done with you, he'd said, I just let the world take you out. I'm not going to waste pouring out my spirit on somebody that ain't no good for nothing, but he knows you're good for something. God's not done with you yet. That's a promise. If God didn't give us second chances, none of us would be here. If he didn't give us 50 chances, 150 chances, a chance every day for the last 20 years. 
Come on, somebody. God is not done with you or you wouldn't be here. But Oh, but I feel like I'm so lost. I feel like I'm so far away. I feel like I'm so cold. Well, that ain't got nothing to do with God. He still loves you. How cold you are don't affect his love. How far away you are don't affect his love. How bad you messed up don't affect his love. Mm. Even how rebellious we get don't affect his love. We can act out and show out and do the wrong things. He say, I love you. He might be disappointed and he, he don't like it. But he don't never stop loving you. I'm telling you today, God's not done with you. And that's a promise. God hasn't finished the work in you yet. God hasn't quit doing what he said he would do yet. God is still working on your behalf. You can trust it. You can believe it today. And this is what Peter was trying to tell the saints in that scripture we just opened up with. But when you back up and you see, because you're like, you, you read that, that one verse and you're thinking about what promise. And Peter is talking about uh, a different promise at the beginning. He said, but beloved, in, in 2 Peter 3 1, he said, beloved, I'm writing to you to stir up two things, both which I can stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. I, sometimes the pure-minded people need to be reminded. I ain't here to remind somebody that don't know me. How can I remind somebody about something they don't know about? He said, I'm going to remind the beloved, the pure-minded, beloved brethren. I want to remind them that you're going to go through things. Think it not strange, the fiery trial. You're going to go through something, but I, I need to remind you that I didn't leave you when you left the altar, but I'm still with you. I didn't leave you uh, when it got hard, and I'm not going to leave you when it gets hard. He said, I want to stir up your pure mind by way of remembrance that you may be mindful of words. you got to remember what the prophets uh, uh, and of the commandment of the apostles of the Lord and Savior. Knowing this first and the last day, there'll be scoffers walking after their own lust and saying, where's the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this, they willingly are ignorant. Of that by the word of God the heavens were of old, the earth standing out of the water, and the standing out of the water and in the water. Whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water, it perished. But then God made a promise, didn't he? That I'll never do that again. I'll never flood the earth like that. I won't destroy it again. He says, But the heavens and the earth that are now, by the same word they're kept in store. There's a promise. Reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. He said, But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing. One day is with the Lord is a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. Just because God hasn't done anything, it doesn't mean he's slacking. God's got a plan. He's not slack. He's long-suffering. He's not slack. He's long-suffering. And we need to thank God every day. We always like, well, I can't wait for him to come. I can't wait for him to come. But you still better thank him for every single day because it might be a day that you need to get it right. And this is what I'm saying is that, yeah, that promise is his coming. He's not slacking. He's coming back. He that shall come will come and will not tarry. Every eye is going to see him. He's coming with clouds. I know all about it. But there's another promise too. 
that he'll never leave you or forsake you. That his mercy is new every morning and his compassion fails not. That if I confess my faults, he's faithful and just to forgive me. Come on, somebody. Come on. I know about that promise. God's not done with the world. That's why it's still here. God's not done with you. And that's why you're still here. You are held in store by that same word. Woo, come on, somebody. The Lord is not slack, but he's long-suffering, not willing that any should perish. So I'll tell you again, God's not done with you. That's a promise. He's trying every day you wake up, it's God saying, I'm not done with you yet. You might not even get up and pray, but God's saying, if you see the sunlight, buddy, I'm not done with you. If you woke up and took a breath, I'm not done with you. If you found your way to the breakfast table, I ain't done with you. And if you happen to make it into the church, you ought to know that I'm not done with you. Oh, come on, somebody lift their hands to the Lord for a minute. Yeah, you, somebody's starting to get it. Somebody's starting to get it. Oh, I just feel like I'm going through life with no purpose. Oh, honey, you got a purpose. God is not done with you yet. You got more than purpose, you got a promise. He ain't slack, he's long suffering. You don't have to be looking every day over your shoulder like he's fixing to whack you. If he woke you up, you got promise. If he woke you up, you got an opportunity. This is the day that the Lord has made. Come on. Uh, today, now is the accepted time. Today is the day of salvation. Somebody ought to be doing something today. While it is called today. Peter said, hey, listen. Peter's not talking to some, somebody he's trying to reach. Somebody that don't know God. He's not talking about his Bible study people. He's not talking about his outreach program. He's, he's talking to the brethren. Hey, you, that's just like me. Let me remind you. Because I know that even the most anointed has a bad day. And I know because I, I read about David and he was anointed. And after God's own heart, and he made some mistakes. And I know about Samson, huh, and he made some mistakes. And I know about all these other heroes in the scripture that, hey, they made some mistakes, uh, but God wasn't done with them. And I want to tell you, preacher, I want to tell you, apostle, and I want to tell you, prophet, I want to remind you that God's not done with you. If you messed up, huh, that's okay. It'll be all right because God is not willing that you perish, but that you find your way to repentance. That's a promise. God is not done with you. You don't even get to repentance without God's goodness. It is the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. Even when you've done wrong, God's being good so he can get you back. Ever when you've been messed up, God's being good to you so he can get you back. God loves you. He's not done with you. It ain't the roaring lion that takes us out so many times. It's our own mind. It's our own shame and self-condemnation. It doesn't matter who you are. Hello. Tell your neighbor he's talking to you. 
doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you think of yourself. The Lord is not willing that any perish. You see, sometimes we always think, well, we'll be saved if it's the will of the Lord. Sometimes we're saved by the unwillingness of God. Unwilling for us to perish. But providing a place of repentance. Providing a place where we can confess. Providing a place for us to turn around. You ever pulled your car in a place, all of a sudden you went into a dead end and there wasn't nowhere to turn around? And then somebody pulled him behind him back and now you can't get out? You just... It never happens with God. He always provides a place for you to turn around, a place where you can repent, a place where you can get back to Him because it's not His will. He's not willing that any perish. That word perish means fully destroyed. I did not save you so you could be destroyed. I didn't save you so you could be demolished by this world. And it also means uh, separated or, or, or a reversal. He said, I, I didn't save you so you could separate yourself from me or so that you would turn around and walk away. I, I didn't save you for that. It's not my will. I am unwilling for you to do that. We always pray God's will. If you're a pastor, you get these prayer requests all the time. Just pray it's his will for me to have that job. Just pray it's his will for me to go to that school. Just pray it's, it's, it's his will for me to do this or to do that or to be in this relationship. I just want to be God's perfect will. But the place we need to be seeking God's will is in our salvation. Because he is unwilling for us to perish, that means he is willing to save us. It is his will that we be saved. It is his will that we let go of things that would fully destroy us. Lay aside every weight and every sin that would so easily beset you. Come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. And I will receive you, saith the Lord. And all these things, he's talking to people that's got their hands in the wrong kind of business. But he said, just let it go and come back to me and I'll take care of it. Because he is not willing that any perish. Well, I'm not sure about that, preacher. Well, you, you got a new definition for any? Because if you don't, your opinion on that don't matter. He said, he is long-suffering to us. And in verse 15, he said, the long-suffering of the Lord is salvation. So God's trying to save us. And so I want to tell you today, not anybody means not anybody, not any, not the cold, not the numb, not the confused, not the worried, not the stressed out, not the overwhelmed, not those that feel stuck. It's not his will that you perish. Not the dope head, not the alcoholic. Yeah, not the sex addict, not the prostitute, not the abuser of themselves or mankind. Mm, yep. It's not his will that any perish. Not the liar, not the thief, not the hater, not the gossip, not the mean, not the ugly, not the sour to perish. Not the discouraged, not the mistake making, always falling, heartbroken to perish. It's not his will that any perish. Whatever other category you can think of, just throw it in there because it all falls under any. And it's not the Lord's will that any perish. If it wasn't for God, I'd agree with you. But because I agree with God, I'm going to tell you today, he's not done with you. That's a promise. 
you beat yourself up, you look in the mirror, you, you examine yourself, you, you magnify your faults instead of just giving them to God. But honey, any means any. And whatever you're going through today, the Lord is not willing for you to be destroyed. Peter, you're going to be sifted like wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. Ooh, and the just shall live by faith. We might live in a trial, and we might live in a test, and we might live in a valley. Yep, but we'll live. Mm-hmm. We'll live. I might be sifted, but it ain't the Lord's will that I perish because he's invested in me. He's given me the keys to the kingdom. He didn't want me destroyed. He wants me saved. He wants me preaching. He wants me working. He wants me reaching. He wants you working. He wants you reaching. He wants you singing. He wants you playing. He wants you doing all the things that you do for God. He wants you to be the salt and the light. He don't want you to give up. He wants you to keep being mama. He wants you to keep being dad. He wants you to keep being son. He wants you to keep being missionary or teacher or pastor or preacher, whatever it is, whatever title you have, God wants you to keep doing it because he's not done with you yet. Just come to repentance. Recognize God's not destroyed you. He has not cut you off. If, if you're so sure God's done with you, then why are you still here? If you're so sure that you're not good for anything, why are you still here? Because he's not done with you yet. There's something inside of you that keeps moving you to prayer, even when you don't feel like it. There's something that keeps bringing you to church, even when you don't feel like it. But let me tell you, that desire will come again. It's going to happen. And he don't just want you to go through life suffering and sour, but he wants you to have good cheer. In this world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let it be afraid. I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth peace, but I give you my peace. Serve the Lord with gladness. And when you realize God's not done with you on your worst day, when you really messed it up, when you can just realize whew, God is still long-suffering, and long-suffering is equated to salvation with him. The reason he hadn't knocked me out, cut me off, is because he is not done with me yet. So if we always say we want the Lord's will, then why won't we just let him save us? We run from him, hide from him, and then we make ourselves less than what he made us. We act like we've fallen down to a place where we can't ever be again what God called us to be. That's just not Bible. I don't, I don't find it in Scripture that, that uh, you know, people died, sure, when they did wrong things in the Scripture. But, but David sinned, but he stayed king. You know, he was still a man after God's own heart, according to Scripture. Made mistakes. God didn't take him away. Peter denies him three times, still preaching on Pentecost, still, still got the keys. To me, to deny the Lord is the worst thing I could do, but still got the keys. Because God's not done with people, because God knows that people are imperfect. Let him save you. We let shame and guilt hold us back, and shame and guilt are natural, and I would hope we would feel ashamed when we do wrong. 
and there would be some guilt. But I would also pray that you'd let that shame and guilt go once you confess your faults to the Lord. Because once you give it to him, it's forgiven. And once you give it to him, it's done. Quit living with it hanging over your head. Quit living with it like it's always going to be there, like it's a, some kind of name tag, like it's, it's not. I'm going to finish with this in Luke 15 and 18 through 22 as the end of the prodigal son story starts coming into play. In verse 18, we find the prodigal making a statement. I will arise and go to my father and say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. Well, that's fine. Confess your faults. But then this is where he gets out of sort. And I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. Let me tell you, time away in wrong things and time away from God and the house of God and the purpose of God, it will distort your view of him and yourself. You can't change who you are. You're a son. But I just don't feel like that. The shame and the guilt I have for what I have done, I am no longer worthy to be that. You don't get to make that call. The pig pen didn't change him being the son. All the, the riotous living and drinking and carrying on that he did, even the inheritance that he lost, it didn't change who he was. He was just a son without So I'm just going to go back and and that's the saddest thing to watch somebody walk back into church like this and stay like this I used to praise him but man after all I've done I can't praise him no more I used to sing but after what I've done I can't sing no more I, I used to preach but after what I've done I can't preach no more who told you that you the man in the mirror told you that or that father of lies whispered it in your ear, but that ain't God. Yeah, I just want you to come back and sit and watch and miss all the things you used to do. That sound like God to you? I just want you to come back and sit and go, hmm, I'll just be satisfied to sit here, put some offering in. and I used to sing. I used to preach. I used to worship. That sound like God to you? God's not done with you. And it says, he arose, came to his father, but when he was a great way off, his father saw him, had compassion, ran, fell on his neck and kissed him. I don't think that's how the father treats his servants. The son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven in thy sight, no more worthy to be called thy son. Just reiterating that garbage that he has fed himself. Now the father's going to speak. But the father said to the servants, bring forth the best robe, put it on him. Put a ring on his hand, shoes on his feet. Bring hither the fatted calf and kill it. Let us eat and be merry. For this was, this my son was dead. The son said, I'm just going to be a servant. But when the father spoke concerning him, when he saw him, he said, this is my son. For this, my son. 
the father never changes his opinion of the boy. Hey, go get a, some shoes, a ring, a robe, and put it on him. You mean you want me to put it on, on, on that uh, scrawny, smelly, broken shell of a man? Yeah, this is my son. Because I don't care where he's been. I ain't done with him. I don't care what he smells like. I ain't done with him. I don't even care. I'm going to have to work on his opinion of himself. And so I'm going to slide that ring back on his finger let him know, no, you, you, it's got my signet on it. You belong to me. You're my son. You're not a servant in this house. You're my son. But the problem is when we spend time away from God or we spend too much time in our head, we, it distorts the way we see ourselves and the way God sees us. And we, we're just sure that that's the only way we can come back to God is less than what he called us to be. And we will never fulfill the potential of what God called us to be if we don't change our view of ourself. I'm not saying ignore and act like you didn't do nothing wrong. After you have repented... After you have confessed that fault, let the father do what he does. When the boy said, hey, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I'm not worthy anymore to be called your son. He repented. He confessed. And the father said, well, here's what I'll do. I'm going to put this robe over you so nobody can even see the mud. I'm going to put this, these shoes on your feet where they can't even see how dirty your feet are. And if they see anything, they're going to sing that ring that shows that you belong to me. And then we're going to have a feast celebrating because, hey, boy, I ain't done with you. I have watched that road and waited for you to get home because I ain't done with you. There's fields to be worked. Yeah, just because you come home and you get forgiven don't mean you get to sit on the couch if you come back to this house and you come back to work you come back to the field you come back if you want inheritance with this and you come back to work you don't come back as less you don't come back as something else you come back as my son well I'll just be a servant note you my boy because God's not done with him let's stand together You see, the Lord never changes. Scripture said it. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, forever. One place he said, I am the Lord, I change not. He never changes how he feels about you. And he's not willing that any perish. He wants to save you and he wants to restore you. prodigal said I just I'm not worthy and I want to be I'll just be a servant aren't you glad that it's not left up to us forget being left up to somebody else I'm glad that he don't even give me say in my life about those kind of things because we are so just apt to have such a low view of ourself we look in the mirror and just disgusted with ourselves. we we wind up making a mistake and we just hate ourselves. and we ah but God ain't done with you yet 
That's a promise. The Lord is not slack concerning his problem. He's long-suffering. And the long-suffering of the Lord is salvation. Let's just lift our hands to the Lord for a moment and receive from the word before we make our way to the altar. I want you to know today that this this is your day. This could be a turning point for you. I'm not going to tell you this is the only time that you'll have. If the Lord tarries and you wake up tomorrow, it'll be another day, but we're not promised tomorrow. We don't know what tomorrow holds. We don't know what the next two or three hours might hold. But today could be your day to come back to that place of repentance to say Lord I'm sorry for the things I've done I'm sorry for the way I've put myself down and held myself back I just I was so ashamed but Lord I've got to have faith that you love me and that you are not done with me yet while she's playing and singing we open the altar and give you a chance to come down and pray and talk to the Lord today. And let this be your day that you get the Father's view of who you are. That you let go of the world's view, of your own view. The many things that say of you, there's no help for you, no hope for you. That it stays right here today. Maybe when that prodigal left that pig pen, there was some that was still working there and said, he won't take you back. Look how awful you look. He's not going to receive you looking like that. You know what? Just leave that negativity in the pig pen where it belongs and come back and find the Father. God's not done with you. But it was bad, preacher. Might have been. God's not done with you. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But the Christ to everybody, the call is for everybody. Would you find a place to pray in this church today? Find somebody to pray with today. Let God touch you in this house today.
you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Don't dwell on the past. Don't dwell on the negative. Just embrace the future. When the prodigal came home and that father fell on him and they began to hug, I, I don't know how it was. I know this is a father fell on him, like fell on him, like hugging him and covering him. I'm sure maybe because of his condition, maybe the son was a little reluctant to throw his arms out. But you know, it's hard to just be, to have a one-person hug. Eventually, you're going to give up and hug them back. I like to think about the conversation maybe later that night. They're feasting and sitting around the table. Maybe the son still trying to bring it all in. You know, Dad, I'm, I'm sorry. We cleared that up on the road. Let's talk about tomorrow. You know, right before I came here, I was working. I don't have to hear about that. We cleared that up on the road. We fixed that outside. Now you're back in the house. No sense in talking about yesterday or last week or even the day you left. You waking up here tomorrow. So embrace the future of the Father's house. Because I'm not done with you. Get a good night's sleep. Got some plowing to do. <laughs> I don't know what, but you, it, I'm sure that the Father didn't say, I want you to go sit in the corner and think about what you've done a while. Oh, no. Hey, hey, we, we cleared that up on the road. This is my son that was dead, but now he's alive. He was lost, now he's found. He's back. I'm just looking for the future now. Your future's bright. God's not done with you. That's a promise. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise in this house today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We sure love you. Thank you for all of our visitors. What a tremendous crowd in the house of the Lord today. We're thankful for all that came to be with us. I want to say again, we're glad to have Brother Philip and Sister Kaylin back home with us. Praise God. So glad about that. They're back. Man, we're just glad to see some of our folks back in this last month or so. We got Sister Bailey and Sister Shelby and now Philip and Kaylin back. And we're just glad to see people come. Brother Wayne, Sister Juan, I'm glad to see you guys today. I love you. Glad y'all are here today. And I know there's people out there. It's hard for me to see the way these lights are, believe it or not. You can't hardly see what's going on out there. But I love you. Thank you for being here today. You be encouraged. Encourage somebody. Tell somebody, hey, God ain't done with you. When you see them struggling, tell them, God ain't done with you. When they call you for prayer, oh, you don't know what, hey, that's all right. God ain't done with you. If he was, you wouldn't even be making this phone call. I love you. Have a great afternoon. Prayer tomorrow night at 7. Security team, meet with Brother Mike on this side. Kids choir meet in the nursery. God bless you.